And we're back. I'm James. This is the Big Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. I'm, I'm Brent. All right. That's James. Hey, James, what did you do in school last week? Uh, did you write a letter to <laughs> your favorite Grizzly basketball player? Yeah. Who's that? Oh. What'd you say? Uh. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. Hey. hey, bud, are you being good? Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks. <laughs> it's good all right so guys um a whole nother week of no sports how you how you surviving yep. playing a lot of xbox over here yeah i have a story about that but i um i'm not sure that i'm ready to discuss it on air it's uh <laughs> it's strange i don't know um if you guys are going into work, but I, I've been going into the campus and it's like a, it's like I am legend around campus. Like there's nobody there. I just walk around in this like beautiful uh, landscape with no other people. Uh, it's a little surreal. I think I might take a volleyball to work with me just so I have someone to talk to. Um, Would you like, do you like drive a Trans Am through the oval and shoot deer yet? Yeah, I'm close. Yeah. Close. Okay. The, the squirrels are getting a little too cocky. <laughs> That's a concern. I mean, they're giving too much free time and they're just going to explode in a lot of different ways. <laughs> so, to uh to to uh fill our uh fill our need for content, we've got I think an exciting guest on the show this week. Uh Brent, you want to introduce our guest? Oh, yeah, sure. So, uh, of course, I'm going to butcher your official title, but we have Bryn Malloy with us. Uh, she is in the athletic department with the University of Montana. And Bryn, I'll let you give us a little intro. All right. Um, thanks for having me, guys. Um, <laughs> it is, Luke, it is totally crazy on campus right now. It's so right. crazy. Uh, I am going in tomorrow. We are taking shifts, to be clear. We're taking shifts, so we're not all there at the same time. But I am our associate athletic director for marketing and community relations for the Grizz, and I am going into, this will be my eighth football season. Yes, I count time by football seasons uh, <laughs> this fall <laughs> in this position, but I've been with the Grizz um, probably longer than I should admit to the public. How many listeners do you guys have? <laughs> it varies. Five. Millions. Millions. Somewhere between million. five and a million. <laughs> uh, no, I did my undergrad at Montana and was a marketing intern while I was a political science major. I know we're not supposed to talk politics, but uh, believe it or not, I did study political science uh, and then um, got my start in athletics. After that, two years as a marketing intern, found a path different than politics that uh, piqued my interest. So the rest is history. Fair enough. So what else have you done between being an intern and the job you have now it's all been obviously kind of geared towards the entertainment aspect side of of Chris athletics correct yep so i when i um i worked at flathead lake lodge for uh three summers uh in college and so my senior year check that two summers <laughs> after my after i graduated i took the summer off was figuring out what i was going to do and had an opportunity out in dc 
but I think I probably would have been living in a cardboard box. And so turned that down. And about the same time, a job opened in the athletic department. It was an administrative assistant job. So applied for it, got it about a month in, realized I love athletics. I do. This is a place I want to work, but I'm going to need something um, other than this. So I started applying places, Oregon State being one of them. And I like to credit them. They have no idea, but they called to check a reference before I even knew that they were considering interviewing me. And that uh, opened the door to a conversation with Jim O'Day at the time to kind of pursue some different opportunities and opportunities in the athletic department. So I worked in the Grizzly Scholarship Association for seven years. Uh, I just like to say I put the fun in fundraising. I did all the special events, um, <laughs> fundraising. I was definitely the most fun person in that office. They've been laughing since I left. <laughs> we won't tell them. <laughs> no, please do. Please do. You can. <laughs> well, now you're, so seven years of the GSA and then moved up to your current position as an associate athletic director, correct? Yes. Yep. And uh, somewhere in there, I got my master's degree in higher education with an emphasis in uh, intercollegiate athletic leadership from the University of Washington. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. I've heard of other people in our athletic department who have, who have gotten an advanced degree from UW. So that must be a common program that they offer. Yeah, I was actually in the second cohort. So I was when the program was brand new, it's so much better now, but it was, it was a great program then, but it's phenomenal now. And then few summers after I graduated that program, I actually went back and taught a fundraising course with Andy Geiger, who was the athletic director. Um, I like to say his most prevalent one was the Ohio State, 80 there. So look up Andy Geiger, but that was pretty awesome for me when I was young in my career to be co-teaching with him. Oh, absolutely. So, wow. Bryn, like many people um, at the university and um, in athletics, People wear a lot of hats. What does your, could you give um, us and your and our listeners an idea of what your typical like day-to-day -day looks like? Maybe it shifts by season, but kind of a rundown of what you do. I can try. I don't know if there's a typical day, honestly, uh, especially right now, but uh, everything. So I, uh, marketing and community, community relations, I have a team of uh, three full-time people, and then we have 10 interns that work oh. under uh, my umbrella. Depending, it might be might be eight inter interns, might be 12 interns, just depends on the year. Um, and I also oversee the Spirit Squad, so the cheer and dance team and the mascot program. So I really am Monty's boss. You can tell James that. <laughs> uh, but then we work very closely with our communications team. So my team oversees all of our social media on the main pages. We do have social media for every single team, individual teams. So we try and have our communications or coaches manage those pages just for pure sake of being able to manage it. Uh, social media, ticket sales, but not in the way you would think. We do not oversee the box office on our campus. Athletics does not. So the box office is a separate entity, uh, but we work closely with them trying to sell tickets, figure out what our ticket pricing is going to be. Um, your good old fashioned advertising, TV, radio, print, which, I mean, we could probably do a whole podcast on those things and whether they're relevant or not, <laughs> all that. And then uh, video contents that we're pumping out. Uh, that's Austin Valley on our team. Huge shout out to him. He's a creative mastermind uh, pumping out that uh, video content for social media and on the video board. 
what else do we do? At games, we oversee everything. I like to say everything that the coaches aren't calling on the court or the field, our team is calling. So that's uh, music, what's going on on video board, promotions, good and bad. There's been lots of fails over the years. Um, let's see. <laughs> Uh, donation requests, we get hundreds of donation requests uh, for uh, fundraisers. So we fill those, um, sending up posters, all of our branding, the designing of our posters, the overall look you see with our graphics. We are pumping out the graphics in-house for the most part too. So um, our little team is, we keep quite busy. I'm oh, sure I'm pretty busy. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I mean, I guess one thing um, I've, I've noticed over the last couple of years is it seems like the athletic department's really upped its game on media graphics and video on, on social media platforms. Was that like, did, did, was there like a new investment or just was that like hiring a new person or how did you guys decide and kind of determine that need and fill it? Uh, kind of a combination of both. I wouldn't say it's a new investment rather than uh, shifting funds. So took some of that money that we were spending on print uh, and decided to invest in. Um, so last year we spent a little bit of money with a company uh, called Old Hat. If you look Old Hat up, they um, we worked with them to get some templates built, and then we took those uh, and we were able to pull from that and create a lot of the stuff in-house. Uh, video content, though, that was we finally hired Austin Valley full-time. He was a part-time, very part-time, underpaid employee for a few years doing mostly just football stuff. And we uh, opened the search, did a national search, and he was by far the best candidate, helped it that he had experience with us for sure. But we hired him full time. Gosh, I think he's coming up on two and a half years full time as a full time employee. So that's a game changer, having somebody who works uh, full time. And then just this uh, winter, spring, we brought on a video content intern, which helped tremendously too, trying to put, because that, that's where it is. That's what the coaches want for recruiting. It's what we want. It's what our fans want. So yeah. that's definitely where where the emphasis is these days. So, Bryn, I had a question for you because I think like a lot of our a lot of our podcast listeners, of course, the main focus is football, and of course, so football Saturdays. Like for guys like like me, like I'm up, I'm out of my house around ten. Um, I got a beer in hand by ten thirty. You know, cooking some hamburgers, go to the game, have fun, go home. You know. Post about it on Egros, text my friends, whatever. Um, start a podcast. It's a pretty it's, it's it's start a podcast, make some notes. You know, it's a, it's a pretty fun Saturday. Um, I was I was I thought it'd be kind of interesting to hear from you. Like, what is what is a game day in Missoula Saturday like for for you? For me, for me, I'm usually at the office by seven a.m. on game day, whether or not it's a noon kickoff or a seven p.m. kickoff. I'm usually there, and part of that's me myself and. Just I'd rather be there and make sure everything's ready. Uh, but we always do. Let me back up to leading up to. In January of each year, we do a summit. We call it a summit where we have our external team get together and we go through football game day literally down to the seconds. What's happening pregame. And our Grizzly Sports Properties, our sales team, who has a big, big part in what we do, uh, like it or not, um, they are there. <laughs> And I know we've got some corporate partners here. No, they're great. But um, so in January we meet. So we're starting. I can, I'm not going to right now because I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but I could talk to you guys about <laughs> a lot of what we're doing. And 
fast forward summer, we're pumping stuff, putting it together. And then week of on Thursdays, we do a walkthrough where we test everything. So I can tell you guys when things don't work on Saturday, it's not because they didn't work on Thursday. <laughs> it's not because they weren't tested. <laughs> but um, so Thursdays, we do a run through Friday. We fix things if we need to. Fridays, um, do another run through. Saturday mornings, I get there. Usually spend a couple, you know, an hour, hour and a half in the office, making sure things are prepped for our team. Then I head out to the football stadium and I get our music computer set up, warm up music for the guys, um, all that kind of going, get the PA book set up for Peter Christian, uh, get our computer set up that puts fan photos that come to the board, get that set up and uh, all that stuff out there. Meanwhile, my team is meeting, our intern team comes in and our assistant directors meet with them and go over what's going to happen. Then we have Griswold. So they do that. But I mean, our, our day starts early and we go through the game, uh, post game. If you stuck around and didn't have too many beers last year, you'll notice that our <laughs> interns got, <laughs> oh. they, they got their sprinting shoes on because we learned uh, that the team was going to, well, we were told they were going to sing the fight song to the students. Well, mm -hmm. that first game they were, we were prepped for the students and they went and sang to the parents. So our interns sprinted down there and then the team sang and they sprinted down to sing to the students. <laughs> so our interns. So uh, we go through that. And then honestly, once the game's wrapped up, we do a team wrap marketing team wrap up. Um, and then I usually like to have a beer. I'm not going to lie after that. Um, the communications team has to keep working through the night. Austin keeps working to pump out the highlight videos, but yeah. our, our, get me get me through that pregame once game starts there's not a whole lot you can do the football game's going to happen no matter what but getting to kickoff is definitely uh where the fun is for our for us i um um i have a question there but i want to point something out to our listeners um we're all zooming so we're practicing safe social distancing here but we can see each other and when Bryn was talking about corporate sponsors is <laughs> bragging and pointing at himself <laughs> because I think that he would feel it necessary for me to point out that his real estate firm is the corporate sponsor of Grizzly Athletics and mine is the corporate sponsor of some other athletic program. Yeah, That's we, really, we have a really unfortunate. We, we, You're telling me. We, have, <laughs> <laughs> we got a Bobcat sponsor on the call. Fine. It's not me. I'm wearing my grizz stuff. It's, it's, it's fine. That's true. It's fine. I'm wearing blue tonight. So yeah. Yeah. Come on, Brent. I wanted to be both. Yeah. I do have to say, though, um, even though I joke that it can be hard with the corporate partners and they have more of a say in things, we could not do it without them. Um, our corporate partners yeah. are a huge reason that we are able to do the things we're able to do and that our fans and our student athletes have the experiences they do. So there's my. Right, there's because, my. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> So like like because like if you like the new big screen at the, the football stadium and the new the the center video at the basketball arena that's all corporate sponsor money correct? Yes. Yep. It is Learfield IMG. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so thank, lots you're, of different. You're welcome, Mike. You you're th you know what? <laughs> thanks, thanks, Brent. I I appreciate how much you do for Grizzly Athletics. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bobcats. I, thank you. All I do is volunteer to host a podcast and, and pitch out the QB club every week. I don't know that that counts for anything. Gogrizz.com slash QB club. It's worth the money even now. Awesome. Thank um, you. Bobby, thank you. <laughs> we love the QB club. We, we pitch it every week during the season because it's a lot of fun. I've heard it. Like, Bobby really Incredible. stepped up the game this year with it. 
QB club. I need to make it to one of those meetings. No, they absolutely <laughs> did. I mean, it, they're doing it so much better than it used to be done. Good. I brought, I brought my dad as a guest to, I think it was the CAC, before the CAC game. And yeah, when he left, because my dad had never seen Bobby outside of a, like a media type situation. He was like, Bobby should be a stand-up comedian. The guy's hilarious. <laughs> it, 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 that's the great thing I think about QB club is like, you get to just, you get to, you get to hear like, especially Bobby out, like just as himself and not as like a polished media guy. So it, it mm -hmm. makes it just kind of fun to do. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I did want to circle back to talking about game day and all the preparation and all the stuff you put in. Um, what's going through your head in the, the uh, first playoff game this year when Grizz Vision just doesn't work? For you see my face <laughs> right now? <laughs> okay. Brent and our good friend J.R. Waller, which I'm sure J.R. has been referenced on here, thought it was funny to be texting me during oh, that game. <laughs> That's terrible. We were sitting together. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I surprisingly was relatively calm because, like, truly, I mean, there's nothing I could have done. I couldn't do? go climb up there. Uh, but at one point, I will say, somebody said, because it's something that, will be resolved over the summer. It should not have happened at all because it worked fine, but literally there was water in a socket because they weren't waterproofed um, when it was initially installed by a company that, <laughs> I won't get into all that, but I, I kind of saw it coming. I kind of saw it coming and I had said something, because if you'll remember, I think it was our first game, we had an issue with it too. Uh, and it was supposed to have been yep. fixed. And so I had a moment in all my glory, I had about 30 seconds that I lost my cool. And I'm like, <laughs> somebody said something to me. And I was just like, nope, no, look, like the board is black. So, but the good, the really good news is, and I'm being very politically correct with what those 30 seconds were. Um, we got people, there was electricians in the stands. We literally had fans that know people that were climbing up in there and they unplugged every single, every single socket to figure out which one it was that was tripping it. So Are you that's, kidding me? No, that is cool. I was just, yeah, it, it is actually really cool. Uh, but the nice thing is it was a playoff game, so it was just the NCAA stuff we were missing. I mean, it sucked for people seeing replays, but it's a lot better than the corporate partners who pay how much money um, not getting their stuff up there. So glass half full, at least it was a playoff game, and at least we were winning by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I said yeah. I, I did say that multiple times. Every time we scored, I'm like, "Thank you, thank you, thank you." <laughs> Keep scoring because as long as we're winning like this, uh, people will forget about it. Which clearly you guys didn't. <laughs> oh, I actually I kind of had until you started talking about game day, and I was thinking, "Oh God, yeah. that must have been really stressful." <laughs> it, it was, it was. So, but I have to say, kudos to our team because normally, like first game of the season, when the, if the sound goes out or something, usually. It, my bosses and people are contacting me. Well, I can't, if you've seen me on game day, which you guys haven't, but I have a headset on that I'm talking to our production room. I have an earpiece in that I'm talking to my team that's on the field. And then I'm talking to Peter, who's to my right. And then people to my left or behind me are running the sponsored stuff on the boards. So I can't really text, check my phone and I can't be the person to go actually fix things, but I'm the person people call because they know I know how to get in touch with people. So Kudos to our team that day. I re leaned in and told Chuck Mays, hey, you got to handle this. And he, they handled it. They figured it out. <laughs> so good times. Good times. 
kind of a nightmare, but good times. So um, (laughs) what is your interaction with, um, and Luke, you can help me out here because I know you did a term on it, but what is it, the Grisband Advisory Committee? Is that right? So maybe what is your interaction with that group? Um, And and Luke, I don't know, you maybe can follow up more on that since you were part of it. Yeah. um, And Brent's on it currently too. (laughs) We are doing what Brent thinks though, so. (laughs) Yeah, Brent Brent runs the show. I I think it's an awesome um, way that fans can get involved and provide direct feedback into, uh, you know, right to the the heart of people who make change. So I would support everyone putting in an application and um, trying to serve a term. Awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear you say that. We started it a few years ago. uh, An idea I had based on talking to a few people from around the country, colleagues around the country. And just honestly, we get so much feedback from fans, most of it negative. Um, Not that we need to hear the positive stuff, but mostly what we hear is negative that rather than, uh, you know, replying to emails during the season, oftentimes daily, figured, why don't we put together an advisory board, try and get people from around the state, um, different demographics, different age groups. And, you know, we even have somebody from Idaho right now, get them together. And then it's a place that they can give us, we can ask them questions, they can give us feedback, but also um, a way for us to show that we are actually listening to fans. I would say Luke and Brent, um, some things have actually come out of it that we've uh, put that have literally come from that group. So it's been good. Sometimes we get crazy feedback, uh, but (laughs) that's to be expected, but it's been good right now. Unfortunately, we're a little bit in limbo with it because, um, you know, with the, we're, we normally do a couple meetings in person and COVID eh, we're not Mm -hmm. meeting in person. So trying to figure out, um, just moving forward with that, but it's definitely a good thing. Absolutely. Um, the Grizz fan pod has ceased meeting in person as well. Um, it's really tragic. <laughs> Mike's just sad. Mike's sad because I made some Wisconsin old fashions and I, you know, can't share it with him. So, yeah. Oh, it's a shame. It's fine. <laughs> um, guys, I have all kinds of questions that I could go down, but I feel like I'm hogging all the question time here. Uh, I really, you know, I, I have a question. Does, you know, there's so many uh, NCAA, you know, and then Big Sky Conference rules, regulations. How does how do any of those rules or do any of those rules interface with what you do? Yeah, actually, quite a bit, quite a few do. So where we see them the most are when we do video content or graphics for social media or in-game. We need to make sure that student athletes don't unintentionally um, market a business for them. So like the student athlete of the week feature at football, where we, you get to, you know, what ask student athletes fun, fun questions. If, for example, if one of them said, we said, what's your favorite food? And their response was McDonald's. That's a compliance violation. So even though they're not endorsing McDonald's, but that is, so we always check on that type of stuff on graphics. You know, we are a Nike elite partner school, but for Nike night graphic, we have to be careful when we did that Nike night promotion that we didn't have the Nike logo on there too many times because they have it on their uniforms, their shoes. So can we put it on there? So just being super smart about that stuff. I'll never forget the year that I was working upstairs as an administrative assistant, the basketball game program. Arby's was a corporate partner. GSP was really new. The corporate partners were really new. Arby's had an ad in the basketball program that put their logo, you know, the little cowboy hat thing. 
yeah. over, um, who was it? It might've been Andrew, Andrew Strait. I'm not positive, but put the logo and he was currently a player. We had to go through every single basketball program and put a sticker over that. Cause that's a violation. Cause that's an implied endorsement. <laughs> so, wow. and then yeah, crazy, right. Um, another way is, uh, promotions at games, student athletes. If we, if our marketing intern team picks, uh, hand picks a couple people to do dash for cash, for example, the student athletes cannot participate because that would be, we're assuming that we knew they were student athletes and picking them. However, if students as a whole, if it's open to the entire student body, put their name in a box and they're randomly picked to win, student athletes can participate. So that's kind of, those are the hmm. biggest ways it impacts us. Okay. And then donations too. Donations are crazy. We, we actually send them to compliance before we ever send them out. But, uh, the, the NCAA, if somebody is a prospective student, whether or not they have any athletic ability, whether they have any chance of playing college sports, if they're in that prospect age and the fundraiser is to benefit them, we have to get approval. You know, they have to be able to prove it, It's just, I, I could go down a rabbit hole on that. So it's crazy. It's we've, we've got a pretty good system now though. So do you just operate on everything is against the rules unless somebody tells you it's not, I mean, Kind of, kind of. I'm, I'm super paranoid when it comes to that stuff because I don't ever want to be the reason that we get uh, written up for something. And if you self-report, you're usually in better shape. But I try and make sure my team is extra cautious with that stuff so that we're not the reason um, that we're having to self-report. Well, well, I've been making sure that Brent isn't giving out hot dogs and cookies to athletes. At <laughs> so, you know, I really don't want another forfeited cat game, Brent. <laughs> hey, only former athletes now. It's, it's all good. <laughs> um, so talking more about in-game and stuff like that, and you mentioned replays. Are there rules either from the NCAA or the Big Sky Conference on – how often you guys can show replays, if you can replay oh. controversial calls and stuff like this. This is always one of my um, things at games. It's like, I always want to see more replays, but then I assume that your hands are tied. Yes, absolutely. Uh, sometimes total transparency. Sometimes we just don't have a good shot of it or we can't get to it fast enough. But typically when you're talking a play that's under, if it's a play that's under review or a controversial play, uh, we can show it once and we're not supposed to what? show it at all. Yeah. Yep, once, and we're not supposed to show it at all if it's not the same view that the officials get because they don't want the fan. Sometimes we might have a better angle than TV has. So um, the playoff game, we actually figured out how to pull the TV cameras into our replay so that we could show. So I'm hopeful, knock on wood, that we can pull TV into our replay next year so that the officials are getting the same thing and we can show it because – now, if you can show what the officials can see, they actually want you to show it more so that it helps the officials so fans can see if they get it right or not. But if <laughs> I know, right? right? So we they don't, we're not, like crazy. We're not supposed to, it, we are not supposed to incite the crowd, which is kind of hard to do. So, um, and then we kind of use our judgment if it's a hit and somebody got hurt or it's something that could it potentially this sounds bad, but I think everybody does that. If it could be a targeting call, we're probably not going to show it over and over again. Uh, just because we don't want to, sure. you know, if you look, if you watch Bobby, if there's a flag, he'll, he looks, 
So I'm up there saying, replay, replay, get it going. Because I watch Bobby literally on those things. I'm watching Bobby. I'm like, keep looking, get it up there. Or <laughs> just trying to <laughs> if help it's, out. Yes, if it's not a controversial call, but it's like a big hit, I'll be get that replay up fast, get it in twice if you can. Let's get the crowd into this. Um, so, but if they, if it is under review, the rule is was until playoffs once, unless you can show. So hopefully we have uh, TV cameras next year and we can show it more often. Thinking about getting the crowd into the game, like what are your like top three songs you play to like get Rizz <laughs> to go wild? Oh, gosh, Luke. <laughs> um, not songs I want to say, but we actually, this is, music is probably more of a time suck for us in our downtime than anything. Trying to find songs to replace old songs with. Mm-hmm. But there are studies and just the pure reaction of people. It's hard to replace it. So you're going to hear probably who let the dogs out once a game. Not who let the dogs out. Sorry. That might, if we have 18 interceptions. You hear, hear that. that. You hear that. <laughs> when you we hear run, that. when yeah. we run out of music, <laughs> we try not to play who let the dogs out. That's actually on our like don't play. But when we go through all our music, we get into the don't play. Um, but Cotton Eye Joe probably once a game. I raise a little hell uh, like 20 yep. times. Yep. That's a defense song that people just react to a new one. We brought in is freaks. Um, that even that works at lady Grizz basketball, which is a totally different crowd, <laughs> but it just gets so people and that, um, I can't think of the name. We brought my, in another. Yeah. My 73 year old mom loves that song. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> There's another one called get up, get up and rattle or something. That's kind of the similar, that heavy techno beat that we started playing at basketball um and that brought it up but i don't know i would we're always open to new ideas for songs but there's actually studies that show stadium songs i mean sweet sweet caroline no matter when you play it where you play it people are going to get into it so um but like the the playoff game sle that game we scored so many times we i mean everything in our music (laughs) computer everything in our music computer was red. And by the end of it, when we were on defense, we're like, what do you even play? <laughs> <laughs> but you can't quit because you want to keep, you know, still people paid a lot of money to be there. So I'm trying to keep it entertaining. So um, yeah. I, I think by the fourth quarter, somebody was paying attention. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that I think I would, that your, your tendency to play Sweet Caroline occasionally might be biased by your Red Sox fandom, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I love the Red Sox. We, we can I talk about sing, the Red Sox all day. Ooh, <laughs> Sweet ooh, let's get into this. What'd you say, Luke? I would sing Sweet Caroline at a funeral. I can't. It's <laughs> instinctual. No. <laughs> so you mentioned the Lady Grizz, and, and that kind of comes to what I assume must be maybe the toughest part of your job is – especially like, like Grizz football games, you've got such a wide range of demographics. You know, you have college students and you've got 75 year olds who have been season ticket holders since Washington Grizz open. How much thought and how do you guys balance like trying to do different things for the different age groups? Yeah. Um, Lady Grizz specifically is definitely hard because we do have such a, and we love them and are so thankful for them and wouldn't lady Grizz wouldn't be what they are without them, but an aging demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
football is definitely unique because you have on a good day, 3000 students there and 22,000 other people ranging from probably the age of what, six months, two months. <laughs> I think Jerry Louie McGee's baby was there at a week old uh, to 90 years old. So do you cater to the students? Do you cater to everybody else? Um, so finding that balance is certainly um, hard at football, but Lady Grizz, definitely you're, that's definitely the audience that will tell you if your music is too loud, will tell you if um, the dancers dance was too risque, if, you know, all of these things. So working through that. So definitely hard, but we brought Darren Mason on as an assistant director this past uh, fall, hired him. He was at Clemson for a year as an intern and then at the Ohio State. Oh, I just did it. I called him the Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> but we hired him from Ohio State and he's been great. So he oversees uh, Lady Grizz marketing and we tested the water some this year and trying to, you know, modernize the atmosphere there and didn't get any pushback from people. So that's great. So now our focus next year is to really work on getting uh, a younger demographic there in addition to the people that are loyal fans but how do we make it a true family friendly event it's generally speaking a little bit quieter than the men's basketball games um, music tends to be more poppy but uh, modernizing that and I think he did a good job of it but we're going to really turn our uh, focus towards trying to revitalize that fan base and keep it because we're I don't know where we finished this year but we were we're always top 30 in the country in attendance and we want to keep that. We don't want to let that slide. Did that answer your question? I'm talking oh, yeah. a lot. No, absolutely. <laughs> I think that that, well, that's one of the, the big questions of Grizz Athletics in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Luke, were you saying something? No, no, I said that's, that's why you're here, Bryn. We want you to talk. <laughs> yeah, you, you can talk more, we can talk less. Everyone, oh, no. we just keep drinking. We just yeah. keep drinking. It's all good. So you you mentioned <laughs> earlier talking about um, the social media accounts and how how your your group your department runs like all the central ones and then the coaches kind of have say over the department ones or presumably somebody in the department in each staff mm -hmm. I guess. Um, how do you make sure that they're not terrible? My dogs are barking. Sorry. Um, that's a struggle too. Uh, <laughs> so when we talk branding uh, with our department every year, part of my job, I send out branding guidelines and those branding guidelines are everything from what logos you can use, what colors you can use, what fonts you can use um, to these are the hashtags you should be using. This is kind of the guidelines you should follow when posting. In a perfect world, our communications team is doing most of the posting, but that's not the reality just because we we operate at a really high level uh, for the staff we have. So um, with that, we do, in theory, any graphics that are going out are approved by us, either created by us or approved by us. That's not 100% the case. Uh, usually, we try, I try and monitor. I spend too much time on my phone trying to just check things out, and if I see something that we haven't seen, Hey, where'd this come from? Reminder, this is how we, you know, and we're here to help. We'll, we'd love to create this graphic for you. Here's, here's what it needs to be. Um, but then content wise, it's just a lot. They have different perspectives on how to connect with recruits. So most of the sports specific pages, while we do have fans following them, 
the coaches view them as their way to connect with recruits. So it's kind of the voice that they have with the recruits. So we try to be flexible with it, but there are certainly times that I will go in or somebody on my team will go in and remove something and send an email and say, Hey, we took this down and here's why, or, you know, moving forward, how you should post, but it's definitely a challenge that I don't think we'll ever totally overcome. But Tabor does a great job with the football stuff. And that's because Bobby says, Tabor, do this for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Nick Halsey, men's basketball. Holy smokes, he's just awesome when he got that. Um, when he, remember when he did that fake game with, uh, okay. who was that, UCLA? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that UCLA, game? UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and Lady yeah. Grizz are really starting to pump up what they're putting out. So, it's definitely a uh, team effort. We are trying in this newfound downtime with COVID <laughs> to get everybody truly on the same page and communicating because we do have so many people wearing so many hats. A lot of times things are just happening and we're really lucky that we work well together and people are smart for the most part. <laughs> Every once in a while we have a misstep, but uh, trying to use this time to get everybody on the same page and be more, more strategic about what we're posting, when we're posting, why we're posting. Boy, I never thought that this interview would find something that I can relate to so much. But my company has 13 offices across the state and every one of them has staff and agents who have their own opinions on their own social media company pages. And it's like, uh-huh. yeah, to a point, sure. But also one message, uh, right. Boy, I don't, yes. I don't, I uh, don't envy you at all on that front. Holy cow. <laughs> I do have to say, and I haven't, I've been very lucky. I haven't had to do a, a ton, but I don't like sending the emails or popping up into an office and being like, Hey, we got we to gotta be better or we're going to change the password. <laughs> we have taken access. Sometimes some teams, some of our smaller teams give access to student athletes uh, to post on their behalf and they come in and do a quick training with us. But we, act, I mean, that's one when we know if the student athlete will um, change that password so fast and tell the coach, we change the password. Here's why they need to come in and get retrained on our messaging and how they're representing our brand. Mm-hmm. And it's all you know, unintentional, you know, Brent- but you know, a suggestion, if you do let a student athlete get into the Twitter account, you got to start with OD. <laughs> okay. Brent, I'm, I'm writing it down. OD Twitter takeover. Fun, fun so, idea is you auction off like <laughs> Twitter access to Brent. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't, th- I don't no. think I don't think that no. would be worth two million dollars. So uh, two million is a lot of dollars. It could buy something good. I, it, it could. I'm not sure it's worth losing all our followers for though. <laughs> so oh, um, obviously, uh, you know, there are different kind of um, ways to to judge success on the different social media platforms and. Um, you know, we, on, on, on our pod, for instance, we always, you know, we pay attention to downloads and, and who's following us on Twitter and all that. And, um, at the end of the season, shout out, we were, we're getting over a thousand downloads a week, which was fantastic. We don't really know what that means, but, uh, <laughs> um, it means I have a big family. Exactly. Luke has a lot of family up on the high line. Um, Shelby has great internet access right now. (laughs) So, I mean, outside of the obvious, like, likes and and retweets and stuff like that, how how do you guys kind of track success on your social media platforms? Like, what are are some of the goals? 
Yeah, um, we're actually starting to get more um, data driven than we've been, which is embarrassing to admit that we're just getting to that point. But I can tell you for um, as far as Grizzly Sports Properties is concerned um, in Learfield IMG, the our our reach, I think, is as good. I'll have to get these numbers. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you guys an update for you to report on next time around. Awesome. But our fans engage with our sponsored content at a crazy number higher than even the like organs of the world, which is so for our sponsors, that's, they love that. I don't know. Britt, do you guys do it? You guys don't do anything digitally as far as you guys do ads, but you don't do social giveaways or anything. Do you? We don't, we don't do giveaways. No, no. Yeah. So, but, um, so for sponsored stuff, they're literally looking at that stuff. But as far as um, our, you know, the true good old fashioned marketing and the athletics looking at what we're posting, we look at the likes, the shares, um, but then we go in on Facebook too and look at the organic reach. Every once in a while, we'll boost a post, but we're really lucky and that we don't have to do a whole lot of boosting. But trying to get to a point too where we can look at gogris.com and all of our different social and say, is this long form story doing what we want it to do? Are people reading it for more than 10 seconds or not? Or videos on when we post them on Twitter, are people staying for longer than 20 seconds? If they're not, then maybe we need to look at doing more short form stuff. Um, so just looking at what people are doing there and Darren, um, who I mentioned already, he's super into analytics. So that's great because I honestly just don't have the time to, sit down and dive into it, even though I'm fascinated by it. So he's starting some data um, collection for us to look at that. And same thing with reaching out to our season ticket holders via email. What are our click rates? What are our open rates? Is this message effective? Um, I don't think we're ever going to have the 100% answer, but we're certainly trying to be better with actually, rather than guessing, looking at that data. Nice. So, Bryn, I, I think I, it'd be interesting to see, and I think I kind of gave you a heads up on this, but, like, what are, like, some biggest misconceptions that, like, fans, and maybe I, I think a lot of us playing on the football side, but, like, the things, maybe some things you hear that's just completely unfounded or something like that, like, some of just the biggest misconceptions of the fan base that you tend to confront maybe annually or during a game day or whatever. Um, I was thinking about that because you did give me the heads up and I think I've blacked out everything before COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like, I don't, I don't know. But, uh, one thing I can tell fans is when the basketball team scores 71 points and then takes the starters out. No, it is not a conspiracy. Travis did not remove the starters so that you would not get Wendy's. <laughs> that it, guys no joke we hear about that when we come close to scoring 73 and don't score 73 and the starters aren't on the court people think that Travis <laughs> did it intentionally <laughs> so, um, no I do not yes I meet with coaches no I do not give the coaches feedback on what I think they should be doing and the uh. coaches do not give me feedback on what they think I should be doing so <laughs> But I get a lot, you get a, we get a surprising number of emails on our uh, fan submission thing on gogers.com where you can just submit an email uh, 
with people give tell the coaches this tell the coaches that nope we don't talk to the coaches and i can tell you if you don't put your name on that email we're just going to delete it but if you put your name on it we might reply to you we will if you put your name on it we will reply to you unless it's vulgar then we won't that's so, fair i'm we, trying to we, think we take criticism at the Grizz Fan Pod from anybody who puts their full name on things. Yeah. But if they don't put their full name on things, I don't have time for you. Prince, I feel like I feel like I've had enough beers with you and the neighbors after games. You tell me what have I what have I told you? People have said to me, <clears throat> man. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think I think a lot of people just think that, like the music has never changed or the events like, 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 like we're just stuck in 2001 for a game day situation where it's like Monty does this and these people do that. And this does that. Nothing has ever changed where, I mean, I, I tend to think that's not the case, but I think some people come away with this conception that football game day in terms of outside of the game itself, all the, all the additional items, the aside entertainment pieces haven't changed at all. Um, I know that not to totally be true, but you kind of hear people kind of gripe about that. Like, Oh, it hasn't changed. I haven't been to a game in 10 years and it was the same thing. So stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. We hear that sometimes too, but I, um, I think what people don't see, I mean, the, fan advisory board, for example, <laughs> not to mm -hmm. pick on anybody, but people wanted um, us to show the person raising the 37th leg on Grizz Vision and mm -hmm. said, we do, we have. That's kind of like a big thing that we do. That was new uh, right before I came in. Um, nope, nope, you need to show them. And then we showed them and I got an email. Oh my gosh, you listened to us. You... <laughs> showed the 37 yeah yeah we've shown we literally have shown that the person raising the flag for six years now so i think um, <laughs> i do think a lot seems the same because there are traditions and there are things that fans just react to and it's hard when we have changed things we took away monty's entrance as we knew it last year and tried something new and fans flipped a lid that we took monty's entrance away and what are we trying to do so um, that was two years ago. And then this year was kind of a combination. Sometimes you rode the motorcycle. Sometimes you didn't have an entrance at all. Uh, so easing towards those things um, brought, you know, brought the skydivers back. I, that's another thing. Guys, we would have skydivers every game if we could. We can't. <laughs> Unless we get a corporate sponsor. Brent, you want to come in as a bigger corporate sponsor? Who wants, <laughs> wants, wants to pay for our uh, military training oh. jump every game? Uh, but things like that and then music yes believe it or not we go through our music computer and we bring new music in but there's just it's you're talking three and a half four hours of music to play and not just because it's number one on the pop hits right now or rap hits r&b hits doesn't mean it's a good stadium song so but we're definitely always trying and we do i will say our team gets we review every game we're like oh that was a fail even sometimes as it's up you're like, oh gosh that's a fail <laughs> but there's not, not much you can do about it but we we definitely try to evolve with it while honoring the things that do work um so we're, we're open to ideas we try try new things sometimes they're successful sometimes they don't but i think where i was going with this is fans i think miss a lot actually that's happening at games and that's because it's a social environment. So when people say you didn't do this or you don't do that, like, yeah, actually we do. We even have um, 
corporate partners who say, you didn't do this for us. Yes, we have computer proof. Here's the timestamp that we did it, but it's a social event. So I think people miss a lot of what is going on, but I can tell you, we do constantly try to keep it evolving while honoring what's been there, but we're open to ideas. If you, if you guys have the magic, magic things that will get people engaged and get them back in their seats in the third quarter, um, get them <laughs> on their feet at all times, whether the team's playing well or not, I'm all ears. <laughs> I, like, I like to imagine. So, go ahead, Brent. No, no, you're good. Look at it. You got. No, it. I, was, I was just thinking. I like to imagine your office has like a glad the the gladiator the movie poster. <laughs> it just says are like, you, are, are you not entertained? There, there are moments. I'm not gonna lie. During football, just because you have a bigger crowd, you're standing. You're in the press box, and like. If the team's playing so-so or even good, but like homecoming, homecoming is one of the hardest games to create atmosphere at because it is such a social environment. Sometimes it doesn't matter what the team's doing, but you have people who come back who don't come for every game. It's great. We want them there. I'm not saying that, but people are literally busy talking and drinking beer, not into the game. So we are pulling out every stop. Oh my gosh, what can we do? What can we do? And there's, I mean, if I was, could pull the strings from the, from the sky, it'd be a different story. But um, some of it is just what's going on on the field, too. And that's unfortunately out of my control. So, Bryn, do you get more complaints about people that are upset about people standing up in front of them or people saying that not enough people are standing up enough? You know, like the, the, it seems like there's plenty of complaints on both sides. Either you're standing up too much or you're not standing up at all. Yeah, usually the complaints we hear are the people standing up too much in front of them. Because uh, that, you know. But I'm of the opinion, and Chuck Mays will probably give me a little elbow nudge here and say, don't say this, but I want fans on their feet for an extended period of time. <laughs> so I'm of that opinion, but I also know people pay a lot of money to be there, and if they don't want to or can't stand for a significant period of time. So we do have that fan etiquette now that goes out in the season ticket books, and it talks about that a little bit. Um, and it seems silly, but actually our friends um, down the street in Bozeman posted on NACMA, which is our national organization, asking for fan etiquette guidelines, so I shared that with them. But I get it. If the three of you are standing having beers and we're on offense. <laughs> um, I get that people behind you, but when we're on defense, people be on your feet. Did, did you publicly share with them that you had an idea or did you privately share with them that you had something for them? For the fan etiquette or about something else? For the fan etiquette for the uh, Bobcats. Uh, the fan etiquette was, it was on our NACMA chat, so our NACMA board, so semi-publicly, but you have to have access to it. Well, I'm glad it was semi-publicly because I, I, I'm at a point where I feel like UM should take every opportunity to be like, oh, MSU, you, you don't have this thing that we have? Oh, let us help you. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Just to remind people that, you know, there's a lot of competency over here. But yes. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bobcat Corporate Partner. I don't whoa, know, Mike. Whoa, I, whoa. I, 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 oh, whoa. whoa. <laughs> that is just way uncalled for. 
<laughs> oh, I'm gonna get stressed out. <laughs> so, and, I I want you to jump sorry about around. that. <laughs> Brent, I want you to jump down a dark rabbit hole with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you now go, I'm Brent. stressed. Oh, Brent, I'm out. Saying yes so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine in this last, like, especially three weeks. You've had some moments where, you know, you take a glass of wine into the bathroom, you look into the mirror, and you imagine what it would be like to hold a Grizz game in the fall with no fans. What would that look like? I can honestly say, Luke, I have done everything in my mind to not think about that. I have, however, though, for the record, guys, I always have nightmares about football season. They usually start in June, and it's usually I'm forgetting the PA book, so Peter's just going, reading, saying whatever he wants to say, this or that. Uh, but it's normally – last year I didn't have one until late July, so I'm like, oh, I'm, i gotta, I got to find a new job because I'm not having nightmares till July. I have had three <laughs> so far, so I'm confident football season's going to happen. <laughs> but, no, oh, I um, – I I haven't thought about it. I can't. I don't. I would imagine TV has to change if if that is the route we have to go. Something's got to change with TV. You can't tell me as a Big Sky Conference that the Grizz Cat 120th Brawl of the Wild, if it's a fifty dollar pay per view or whatever it is, that Northern Colorado gets as much as we love Northern Colorado, that they get yeah. an equal share of that, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, but I don't know what that does to my job because we still, you still got to try and do something for the players, but no. And I'm going to sound like I'm throwing punches here and I don't mean to, but other than us and the Bobcats on some games, not all games, um, I can't really think of anybody else. Maybe Eastern oh, playing to a no crowd is not a big deal for a lot of other schools, but um, yeah. yeah, they'd have to shut down. <laughs> like Mount Sentinel would have twenty thousand people on it, like to yeah. down into the game. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, and I probably shouldn't be talking about it because I don't know anything. But as far it would it would certainly impact my team. Our social media presence would what we do now would have to go. I mean, grow immensely. Um, yeah, yeah, I. Oh. I Yep. I don't know. I don't even want to think about it. I can't imagine life without Chris football in the fall. Well, you know, right now it's stay at home, wash your hands. And if everyone like gets their shit together, we'll have a football season. I saw a great tweet. There's that uh, <clears throat> Nick Saban freaking out on the officials. I think I retweeted it today because like Mike, <clears throat> we are realtors. So right now we're, it's 90% Twitter for most of our business. And, um, <laughs> There's that Nick Saban freak out at the refs thing. And it's like me seeing my friends still hanging out in large groups, knowing that they're going to get football season canceled. And he's, you know, shaking his fists and freaking out. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So stay at home, think, everybody. Yes. Yeah, stay at home. And I think our retailers can make Grizz masks and make a lot of money that way. <laughs> there you go. Whatever, That's a good whatever idea. Whatever we got to do. Perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. a really good idea. Yeah, you know, I, 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 um, I don't want to take you to dark place. So all I'll say is we here at the Grizz Fan Pod are definitely here for UM Athletics employees, 
calling it like it is in regards to the rest of the Big Sky Conference. So that's appreciated. Mm. I'm trying to decide if I should ask you guys to cut that out or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. I'll do. I'll uh, do respect. I mean, it it is true. Yeah. For no. a lot of people, and I don't mean not to that's dis dismiss their fans at those places, but there is something special. And I will give credit to our neighbors down the street. They have good crowds too. Montanans are great fans. So, um, but it would, it definitely impacts us differently than it impacts a lot of the big sky conference. If that's what we have to do. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it'd be, it'd be naive for anybody to not acknowledge that reality. You know, it's like, you can't say that programs that are getting 18 to 26,000, are, it's just not quite the same. So yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Yep. So I sure hope it's not the case though. I hope, I hope we're playing the fans or at least some fans. Right. Well, I think that, so our Twitter account was tagged in a tweet by FCS fans nation. And I think this kind of like flows pretty naturally into this. And I think it'd be interesting to see what other people's opinions are here. But Bryn, you travel a little bit more with the team too. So um, FCS Fans Nation two days ago uh, tweeted us about what is the best stadiums you've been to and some of the worst stadiums you've been to. And I think your perspective is interesting because you're in the press box or you're, you're behind the scenes where like when Mike, Luke, or I go to a place we're just sitting in the stands or we're drinking in the parking lot. So um, it'd be interesting to hear. I know I tweeted some stuff out, uh, but maybe we'll, we'll let you think about it for a minute, Brent. Mike, what's like, what's some of the outside of Washington Grizzly, what are some of the best you've been to and some of the worst? Boy, I mean, I guess, you know, when we talk about, well, that's a tough one. I guess I will say kind of outside the box, the, the stadium in Chattanooga is actually pretty cool. Um, mm. it, it's, kind of, it's kind of a cool bricks space. And despite the fact that it was pouring rain and my memories aren't really great from the game I was at there, um, I, I would say that's a cool stadium. Um, more, more locally, I mean, you know, the, the, there are parts of the Cats <laughs> Stadium that – at this level are pretty cool. I mean, I'll acknowledge that. Uh, um, you know, Weber's atmosphere could be cool. I mean, they, they, we were there for the playoff game this year and they built that, they built their um, weight room on the end and stuff. So, I mean, I don't know, but I just, it, all that question makes me do is appreciate what we have. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I was trying to think about like, like, I think, especially in the Big Sky, I, it's funny on the FCS level. I've only been to Big Sky stadiums. I've never been to a national championship championship stadium for the FCS. I haven't been to Frisco. I have, I've not been to Chattanooga. I mean, the two Montana stadiums are are the best two, the best atmosphere, the best fan base. I mean, Montana carries this conference, in my opinion. Um, I have not been there, but I have heard from multiple people that Cal Poly Stadium, because the the area is incredible, um, it's just a, a cool spot to be. But it's kind of hard when you look at like other places around. I've been to Cheney a few times, you know. Eh, they got a red field. It's neat, whatever. Um, I, I, you know, Weber, like, and 
Mike and Luke, you can attest to this. We've, we've been there a few times now. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't think the stadium like has a cool press box and the thing they've wrapped around the end zone is nice. And I, I mean, I don't know if their experience is that great though. Mike, you've been to the walk up sky dome in NAU. What do you think of that? Well, um, <laughs> there's a, there's a chainsaw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, you know so <laughs> it's kind of i mean i will say the chainsaw that saws the log after they score a touchdown is cooler than the cat meow that several <laughs> several stadiums in this conference have um there's not even a bobcat uh <laughs> um you know, it was funny at Portland when they were still in PZE Park before they got kicked out of it and had to go to a high school stadium. They ha- that's like where the Timbers, the soccer team plays, and they'd cut logs because it was a Timbers thing. And I went to like four games in a row and had no clue why this lumberjack guy dropped in from the ceiling and cut a log and all this stuff. And finally, a Portland fan explained it to me it's because the soccer team and they care more about the soccer team than the football team, which is kind of funny. But, um, when they were in that park, that was a cool spot. That was a fun spot. You could you could have beer in the stadium. It was one of the few in the Big Sky. I don't know. I liked it there, but they don't play there anymore. So, yeah. So, did that give you enough time to think about your answers to this question, Bryn? It right, does. Bryn, and all... <laughs> the best three you've been to, and the if, if it's okay, the worst three you've been to. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm just going to maybe take if, the if easy you don't way want, out. If you don't want to do the worst. Okay. All right. If you don't want to do the worst, I will totally crap on some t- on some school stadiums. So let it go. I'm just gonna comment on your guidance. But easy way out. First thing, first and foremost, our fans. I'd like our, our team does a good job at Montana, and we do really truly do take pride in setting the standard for the Big Sky. And I think humble brag. I think we do do a good job of that. We're not perfect. We strive to be better. Uh, but our fans, you guys, it's. I mean, fans i would take twelve thousand playoff fans over twenty thousand at another institution in this conference any day so um but cal poly i've been to cal, down to cal poly it is beautiful one side of it in particular is beautiful um it's a different ball game there in terms of what they do atmosphere wise most of these schools i think bozeman is probably the closest and they're not as far as in terms of what we do with our sponsors is totally different. So that impacts what we do. Um, but Cal Poly is beautiful, the one side in particular. Sac State, they have a ton of money from their student fees, so they did some nice things, but I don't. Um, UC Davis has a phenomenal, beautiful stadium. It's not big by any means, but it's a beautiful stadium. I can't talk to the atmosphere so much. <laughs> um, Bozeman is hard for me. I think they've done some good things. They're doing good things. I'm going to give credit to Bethany down there because I actually really like Bethany and we get along. We take our rivalry away. We get along really well. Um, That game last fall that we shouldn't talk about for longer than this next 10 seconds, they could have played a fart sound and their crowd would have gone crazy. So it's hard hard for me to judge. Um, We were there. We, we, yeah, we remember that. Yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, that was painful. Like people keep saying, "Do X, Y, Z," and like, yeah, that was definitely what was happening on the field. No, no disrespect, but that happens at home. We're going to be the same way. Um, NAU, I've got a soft spot for NAU 
having Carl Frank, former Grizz coach down there, and then Andy Thompson, uh, one of my best friends from high school, is married to Andy and when he coached there. So soft spot. So I never honestly gave them a good critique when I was there. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think football should be played indoors. That's my opinion. We played outside. <laughs> nice. So but I don't know. Does that kind of answer your question in a roundabout way? Perfect. Bryn, <clears throat> redirect your angst towards Mike here. Mike hated baby Monty. Mo. <laughs> Defend Mo. Defend Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have to say, people say nothing changes. We no longer have Mo. Because <laughs> I'm assuming he's like 12 now. Um, he's over 14. Mo, I will yeah. say, the, uh, Mo had a place, and Mo was super cute for a time. Um, Mo, when the second Mo... When I took over and the second Mo kind of got to the point of potentially growing out of the suit, we decided as a team that we should go back to focusing on Monty. So <laughs> I'm, I love Mo. Mo had a place, but I'm with you that I think Monty is our mascot and Monty uh, needs to carry the show. Oh, I feel so but I'm super, here. super grateful for the young kids that played Mo while they, while we had Mo, but I don't, I don't anticipate seeing a Mo. Mo revival while I'm here. Well, that's good because uh, Mike hates baby animals. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say now that I have Thinking kids, I can see how the idea of Mo might actually have been attractive to people because I think that there's a time when James would have really enjoyed Mini Monty, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, more so than Mo, I wasn't a fa fan of Rocky. Was that the thing's name? Yes, and I can't take any credit for anything having to do with Mo Rocky. I know he popped at some point, which is why he died. <laughs> um, but I can tell you, Rocky will not make a comeback either. That was definitely, there was a phase. Looking back now on things across the country, like total phase and having those big blow up things, but People won't be able to see me doing that on the podcast, but no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. no. no video. Yep. <laughs> for those that for some reason don't remember, Rocky was this giant inflatable suit <laughs> of a bear. It's terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. interesting. <laughs> so yeah, to your point earlier, um, for people who think that uh, athletics isn't constantly trying new things at football games. There's two great examples. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, yes. We have a, uh, uh, a longtime listener um, named Dylan, who um, you know. And yeah. <laughs> he, wants, he wants to know what is the um, single song that you've received the most hate from for playing at a game? Probably who let the dogs out. <laughs> See that? Yep. Yep. I don't think Cotton Eye Joe gets some hate, but it gets more love. More love yeah. than it gets hate. Um, and then, yeah, who let the dogs out would probably be the, the most there. Huh. Yeah. You know, we have a, uh, a buddy who's got a very strong Cotton Eye Joe theory 
And that is that if it's played too early in a game, it's actually bad luck. Mm. Um, you want to find <laughs> when it, it when it, When is the correct time to play it? Um, fourth quarter, fourth five quarter. minutes to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you play really science to this, Brand. First, second, third quarter, it's over. It's over. You I, have jinxed the team. I think there, you know, that is false information, Brent. That is fake news. Um, um, no, I just totally lost my train of thought. I will say there's been a handful, not many, but a handful of games we've not played Cotton Eye Joe just because either, oh, people don't want to hear it, so we haven't played it, or there just wasn't a moment. We get more feedback when we don't play it than when we do. But finding that perfect moment, so early in the season, like that first game, You'll probably hear it early in a game because people have been waiting for oh, so yeah. long for football. But later in the season, it's later in the game, typically, because we try okay. and play other things. Which we, we really, tr- believe it or not, we try and read the crowd with what the crowd needs and what'll get. And the other thing, we have, when we're picking those songs when we score a touchdown, do they go to a media timeout afterwards? What's scheduled at that media timeout? Is it a total inopportune time for us? does um, somebody break his leg and we have to totally change what we're doing. I mean, so we do try and read the crowd with that stuff too. Interesting. Um, There there you go, bud. On on another (laughs) line, we have a listener question submitted from Japan and um, (laughs) they, this person, um, it's kind of an oddly specific question. They want to know who's the better dog, bear or Tucker? Oh, Barbara. On the eve of Tucker's birthday, too, right? Yeah, I know. I got to say that because I know who that listener is. And, uh, <laughs> we'll say, we'll say Barbar. That's what he calls Bear. Fair enough. Fair the, enough. The, the eldest dog gets the love. <laughs> Both of my dogs left me. They were they were here. Now they're gone. I don't know where they went. <laughs> yeah, Pod Dog's not down here tonight. I have no idea. I, I feel like he only enjoys being part of the podcast when Brent and Luke are sitting in my dining room. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a couple other things we want to ask you about that really aren't, aren't, um, aren't job related, but oh, is gosh. there anything else that, that you kind of would want to tell people about as far as Grizz athletics or things people might find interesting that they don't know? Interesting that they don't know, maybe not, but I would just say truly, even though we've had fun and joked around here, um, so grateful for our fans and this time right now is just crazy. I'm going to sound a little cheesy, but sports, if you think about like the world in general, sports is something that truly brings people together and sports have all suddenly been ripped away from us. So, um, to our fans, thank you. Hang in there. Um, we will be back in some way, shape, or form. And Grizzly Athletics, our student athletes, our teams, Washington Grizzly Stadium, Albert Arena will be waiting with open arms when we can all get together again and do our thing. So um, we're, Grizzly Athletics is here going through it with everybody, but we're thinking of and trying to stay connected with everybody. So that's cheesy, I know, but um, sports, sports is a special thing. I'm lucky to work in sports and lucky to have a fan base that truly does feel like family, even though we don't know everybody individually. Good answer. Uh, Luke or Brent, anything, uh, any last things you wanted to ask on this topic before we kind of shift to a few other things? Yeah, I think we're ready to shift. All right. This makes me nervous, guys. (laughs) 
I don't, I, I don't see why it would. So obviously, you know, we're practicing social isolation and um, some of us are only going to the offices occasionally. Like it sounds like you are. Bryn apparently just sits at home. I don't know what Bryn does. Um, nothing. Luke is Literally mysterious. Nothing. He could be working constantly. What, uh, <laughs> what are you doing to fill your uh, social isolation time um, that you would otherwise normally be filling with active things like going to Grizz softball games in the spring and trying to help run social media for track meets and things like that? Um, well, in addition to my job, sports being canceled, I also coach figure skating and that has been canceled. So I have so much time on my hands. I don't know what to do with it. I have a horse, but my horse is currently in Billings. Uh, so that doesn't help at all. I'd love to go ride my horse, but that's not working out for me. So I'm building a house. I'm not building it. I'm, I hired somebody to build it. So I've been going out and being a little OCD about making sure everything's right with the house. Other than that, hiking my dogs, reading a book, you know, I, I don't have any, anything good. I'm going stir crazy, stir crazy guys. Are you binging anything on Netflix or Hulu or anything like that? <laughs> I refuse to watch whatever that tiger show is. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I can't even, Tiger King, is that what it is? That yeah, everybody's yeah. Mm -hmm. talking about? No, I am not binging that. I'm just going to answer that right now. Have you guys? <laughs> uh, all three of us have, yes. Um, my Guilty. mother, like I said, is also not watching it, which is probably good. Um, but we'll follow up on that in a moment. Um, <laughs> What's um, what's the rationale for not watching it, Bren? I have a little bit of a stubborn streak, and now that I have this newfound time, my stubborn streak is coming out. And because everybody else is watching it, I'm not going to. I'm just okay. not going to. Well, this actually sets up perfectly for a game. Okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> have you heard anything about this show? Well, what I see on social media, so yes. Okay, so not giving away any major plot points, a lot of crazy characters and things happen. So we want to play a game with you where we give you a fake premise of the movie and a real premise from the movie, from the TV show. And you get to pick which premise actually happened and which one's fake. Okay. Are you ready? I don't know, sure. <laughs> okay. Bridge is making me nervous right now. <laughs> Mike, Mike, do you have a couple? I have a couple. Um, okay. I, be, I, I would, I would say to leave this off. Tell our listeners what you think <laughs> Tiger King is about. Well, from what I've seen on social media, Carol did something to her husband, <laughs> and she fucking killed her husband. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And they have tigers. They save tigers because apparently people in the U.S. buy tigers and can't keep tigers. So that's what I know. Yeah. I was going to try to tell you that this was a sequel to The Lion King. Revealed way too Okay. Um, so let's let's get into it, Mike. Let's uh, take turns. I need to lead off uh, because Bryn already knows too much. 
Um, so, Bryn, guess the real plot or the fake plot. A woman allegedly feeds her husband to tigers, or the main character, Joe Exotic, releases a music video with a pop- popular country artist, and it rises to the top 50 in the country music charts. Um, for fun, because we are living in an alternate reality right now, and we had an earthquake today while it was snowing. I'm going to go with the music video. Uh, is, the, is the correct one? Yeah. No? Unfortunately, uh, it seems like there's a character <laughs> in the show who feeds an ex-husband to tigers. Allegedly. 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 I also saw that they reopened the search for him or something like that, right? They did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cold <Of> case. <laughs> this is a real thing in the show, Brand. It's crazy. <laughs> so every every show needs a hero. So obviously at the end of this series, um, Somebody saves the zoo. And I'm curious if you think that it's more likely that the persons who saved the zoo are one of Joe Exotic's multiple spouses, multiple at the same time, or Joe Exotic, the Tiger King's illegitimate child. Hmm. Well, putting together what Luke said about the wife feeding him to the tigers. I'm going to go with his illegitimate or his, one of his spouses, one of his spouses. Cause the wife probably fed him to the tigers cause she was mad that he had another spouse. Right. Am I right? Bryn, Bryn, this is, this is like the craziest Maury Povich episode on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> so much more crazy. How many? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess at the end, there's only a single spouse who's standing by Joe. So you're kind of right. Kind of right. Well, so point Let's of order it here. It, wasn't a, it was not a spouse or an illegitimate child. It was a business partner, was it not? Yeah, it's a trick question. It was a business partner. <laughs> but kind of. this leads to the next question. Is it a requirement of being a Tiger King that you have multiple spouses? Yes. <laughs> it are, would appear to be. Are tigers monogamous? <laughs> <laughs> that seems like something Brent knows about. Lions aren't. If it's, a, if, it's, <laughs> if it's a sequel to Lion King, they're not, are they? Doesn't uh, didn't, uh, Mufasa have mm. multiple Oh, ah, there you go. That's, that seems about right. Okay, oh. <laughs> okay speaking of uh, non-monogamous relationships, again, pick the subplot that is correct. Is it that Joe Exotic, the main character, marries two men at the same time, both of whom are not gay, or does Joe Exotic run for the Oklahoma state senate on a ticket solely based on the right to cage animals and wins i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna go with married two men who no they no what state is he in oklahoma, oklahoma. 
Ethan, Oklahoma. On the right to cage animals, and he wins. Right. Uh, I don't know. What's the right answer? I give up. Joe marries two men. Oh, are, I was on the right track. Who yeah. are not gay. He did? Yeah. What? And they're both in the show. Is Carol in the show? The real Carol, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carol's oh, yeah. in the show. Yep. <laughs> Carol I'm intrigued, but I'm not interviews. watching. You're intrigued. Yes. <laughs> We're getting you there. <laughs> I think Brent's watching this tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Final final question <laughs> from me, Brent. Um, Doc Antil, they call him uh, Bhagavan Doc Antil, who's a doctor of some made-up shit. <laughs> He's a tiger tamer and notorious woman tamer as well. He has a harem of followers who lives with him in his compound and trains tigers. Is that real? Or is it real that having been orphaned as a child, Joe Exotic tries to get Oklahoma to, ch- to change his official adoption record to say he was adopted by tigers? I think the tiger and woman tamer is real based on how crazy this is that's right (laughs) (laughs) so um this isn't a plot comparison but joe exotic did not run for the state senate in oklahoma joe exotic started out running for president and when that didn't work out joe exotic ran for governor of the state of oklahoma what percentage of the vote in Oklahoma do you think Tiger King Joe Exotic received in the general election? I don't know. Um, eight. This is incredible. Um, a mm. little higher. I'll give you one more guess. 27? 19%. One in five. So final question. If you are running social media and communications for a zoo that's crazier than what we just described, what's your strategy? Ooh, duh. Um, (laughs) uh, I don't know if there is a strategy for that crazy. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I honestly did not know from everything I've read that that show was that crazy. Um, oh, but man. zoo, uh, I guess I'd give each of our animals uh, personality, give them a handle or something. I don't know. And then, uh, I don't know. Can I get back to you on that? No, that's a good answer. That's a good start. <laughs> I think, I really think you need to give this a spin and then come back on to do a, like a like a jam session, like a, like a, a TV show review of this. GFP, okay. Tiger King. It's a spin-off exclusive. podcast. <laughs> Brynn and the boys is what we'll call it. <laughs> I'm down. Sounds good. Oh, man. We'll get JR um, on it. It's all good. Yeah. Oh, gosh. JR and I will just fight. <laughs> um, um, all right. I was going to say, do, do we have any uh, listener questions worthwhile? 
You know, we got a few actually. So we we put the call out on our two usual platforms, and Twitter Twitter came back strong. So, uh, Bryn, um, I think you kind of touched on this, but uh, uh, Dan Hall asks, "Can we get the Silver Tip Skydivers back?" You talked a little bit on it. Um, any more to expand on that? Yeah, uh, we would love to have skydivers every single game. Trust me, that was that feels you know good four or five minutes of pregame. Um, unfortunately, with the expansion of the stadium, so the east side, the addition of lights and the Champion Center, it's just not realistic safety-wise. And then you take into consideration the Hellgate Canyon there. Uh, so our hope, and it all depends on budget, but our hope is to bring skydivers back at least once a year, like we did last year. Um, kind of the to be safe, they need to be military trained. They need to have X amount of jumps. And that company, Fast Tracks, that we brought in last year, they were all uh, military folks. Some actually active duty military jumpers uh, with thousands of jumps. They have the technology in their plane and on the ground that could tell the winds and everything. So for safety's sake, for the jumpers and our fans, uh, we have to make sure it's people. And no offense to our local skydivers, but people who truly can land in any situation. So, um, for example, last year when they jumped, the winds were, I think they were, the winds were at 15, which was under their jumping limit up high. But by the time they got down, they totally switched. So, and they, they were experts, so they were able to handle it. But so Dan Hall, we would love to do that. Hi, Courtney. Uh, the <laughs> reality is we probably cannot afford to bring those military trained folks in every single game. So, but the goal is at least once so, or twice a year. Fair. So if Mike, Mike, Luke, and I jump out of the plane, we're we're in deep shit, right? <laughs> Probably. Probably. You know, I may have a high self opinion, <laughs> but I'm pretty certain that I could never jump out of a plane and land in something as small as Washington Grizzly Stadium. Yeah. 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 Uh-uh. I can land in the river. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, it's certainly a unique <laughs> landing zone. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So uh, Twitter, we had a couple of off-the-wall questions that I'm not going to ask, but uh, an interesting one is how do you deodorize Monty's outfit? Or not you? don't. Have you smelled him? Have you smelled him? Yeah, it smells friggin' terrible. Yeah. How do they keep it clean? Is it dry cleaning? Um, How do you do it? um, He cleans it. After every wear, we actually have two suits, so he rotates to try and like spread out the smell. Um, but and he has the Febreze that he sprays on it. But he clean, he does clean it after every wear. I think we were about to once a week, every one, once every twice, or excuse me, once every two weeks, taking it over to Hockey Wolf, our friends at Hockey Wolf, and using the hockey um, equipment cleaning. There, that helped, but most recently, before Boise, <laughs> he doused it in, I think, a full bottle of um, fabric softener, and it smelled great at the one game we got in Boise, so, <laughs> um, but, and no joke, not picking on the person in Monty for kids listening, it's a real bear, uh, we have talked about different deodorant, like, we try everything, it's just, that suit is just gross and it's a new suit. It's just the nature of what he does. It's gross. <laughs> we're very aware of our it. Podcast, we try. Our, our podcast is labeled as explicit. So kids don't listen to this. So you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. No, it's, uh, 
I can tell when his suit needs to be cleaned because I can smell him from about 50 feet away and he'll come by and I'll say, Monty, so you take your suit in tomorrow. <laughs> so like 10 minutes into a game in September. Oh yeah. So bad. Oof. He actually, fun fact in now that we're down to one person playing Monty, we, ha- we will probably go back to two at some point, but who we have right now is good enough to manage it on his own. Um, during football season, he switches suits at halftime because it's so gross. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> it is gross. <laughs> and people want hugs with him. I love Monty, but oh. like, hug him. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, James is all about it at basketball games, and I'm just kind of sitting there like, ooh, you are a uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for you, but you're a trooper. <laughs> yeah. He he really did smell. He smelled good. Good loose use of the word good in Boise though. So we might have we might have something figured out. Okay. Awesome. I, I imagine um bears in the wild smell horrible. So I would just say it's <laughs> his attempt, you know, to be more realistic. He's in character. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that. Thanks, Luke. So um you mentioned Boise, and obviously this was the second year the tournament was going to be in Boise and the fifth year it's been in a neutral site. And um, uh, James and I drove over for the championship game last year and and it was a great atmosphere. Um, Do you feel like that tournament's getting better every year? Do you think the big sky conference is doing a good job with that uh, neutral site basketball tournament? I think, yes, it's getting better. I think Boise is a better location for it. I think when, um, the Grizz and Lady Grizz are in it. You're going to have a bigger fan base just because the nature of our fan base. Um, I think the Big Sky team is working incredibly hard to make it a great experience. I still think that I, I personally like hot team hosts. I think mm-hmm. there's something to be said for uh, on-campus environment with a buy-in, but I'm not in the popular, that's an unpopular opinion when it comes to the Big Sky Conference. Yeah, I mean, I understand why they do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying for sure, because I think we agree. Um, There was a question out there about, and so this is more aimed at us as a group, but kind of talking about the impacts of the NCAA giving the spring sports seniors another year of eligibility, um, which they just announced. Obviously, I mean, there's not many logistics that you can get into on that front. And there's a lot that we don't even know since they just said it this week, but um, of the, of the athletes in the spring sports um, that you've had a chance to kind of interact with, especially some of the seniors, do you think that that's something that people will welcome the opportunity or do you think that sometimes these things can't be replicated? I think it's going to be a mixed bag. I mean, for example, uh, Joel Carlson on our team put out a story yesterday on Anne-Marie Petrino, softball player, and she's accepted into Gonzaga Law School for the fall. So is she supposed to put her life on hold and see if Gonzaga will um, put that on hold? I don't, you know, so it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, financially speaking, it's certainly going to have an impact too because if, that, if people do stay, coaches decide to offer that. Um, where's that funding coming from? Um, it does, I don't know if you guys saw, so seniors can get another, well, um, the aid piece for seniors, they can come back, but it also 
anybody who didn't get their spring season can get um, a clock extension too. So it's gonna, we're gonna see the impacts of what we're going through right now for a few years. And hopefully, hopefully it works out best for the student athletes because that's ultimately why while we're here. But it, it definitely, it's a nice gesture in my opinion that they voted on that, but it's not as simple as, hey, you can come back next year for people like Anne-Marie. Yeah, I was wondering about that because it's like unless they at the same time increase roster allowances and stuff like that, you're still going to have issues where it's like you've signed freshmen and stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch that play out. Yeah, yep. This brings up a question um, that I hadn't thought of before. But from a sheer marketing standpoint, who have been the most marketable athletes that you have seen at UM uh, in your time here? Uh, this is fresh on the mind. So I'm going to say Dante Olson. Sure. He's been extremely marketable. We, you can't. <laughs> we call him Dante. Dante. <laughs> um, I mean, we have a joke that we can't come up with another graphic for Dante, but truly talk about quality human being, phenomenal student. He's involved in the community, phenomenal player. So Dante's just, of course, at the top of that list there. Um, Michael Guinea, love Mike. Again, another person who's just does it all right. Um, on the lady side, I think, gosh, there's been Mackenzie Johnston, everything she's gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, and her just flat out, I'm going to get my nose broken four times in a season and keep playing. She's pretty, pretty easy to market there as well. But those would be the three most recent ones that pop out. Dave Dickinson, of course, we're still, mm-hmm. he wasn't my, I was a kid when he was playing, but still thriving off of Dave Dickinson and his success and what he did for us here. So he's another one, Shannon Twain, player, coach. I mean, talk about Travis DeCure. Just, you know, there's few people that were athletes, now coaches that certainly help us too. We definitely feel like uh, you guys aren't giving enough attention to Matthew O'Donohue. So, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. All American, uh, all American, Matthew Donahue, favorite player of Grizz Fan Pod. Have <laughs> um, you had him on yet? Is he allowed to be on? Well, no. We, we, we tweeted Tabor, and we've never gotten Tabor to break the uh, fourth wall with us um, on the internet. Like we talked to him in person, but we we joked that if we could ever get OD on, would we still be considered not media? Because we go out of our way to point out that we are not media ever. Oh. We, we are, we're state run media. If UM Athletics didn't want us to talk about something, we would not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we want to keep our seats in QB club. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, but on the kind of marketing front, were you surprised at all or maybe did you expect the way that maybe softball has been embraced by the fan base? I mean, it seems like it's kind of picked up some popularity that some of the other spring sports don't have. Uh, no, actually, uh, Montana, we kind of had an idea going into it that Montana is truly a softball state. And the fact that our neighbors down the street don't have softball uh, certainly helps us. So uh, not really surprised, really bummed that we didn't have this season with how we started off on the road. I was going to say, they started out awesome. Yes. Wow. Selfishly, I hope our seniors come back for softball. Uh, Cause I, I mean, and I kind of 
this sounds again cheesy, but I kind of grew up with those those seniors that are here in their fourth or fifth year in this position. Yeah, I'm going into my eighth year, but it takes you a couple of years to figure out what the heck you're doing. So same with Saeed and you know some of these student athletes that are graduating this year. I feel like they're the people that I grew into this position with. So, um, but softball, no, not surprised at the success. Um, love the success that it has. Wish that we had a little bit kinder weather in the spring for softball that definitely can impact us. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand why UM hasn't sprung for the money to put a retractable roof on their stadium. It, it seems like it's <laughs> yeah. a no-brainer. <laughs> I can tell you there's some cold, cold softball games. They can play pretty much any time on that turf. But for those of us not moving and working those games, there have been some brutal games. But it's fun. We love them. We'll take it. At, <laughs> At least we're not inside. The, the decency to put the stadium a little further away from Hellgate Canyon so it's not yeah. like quite as windy as campus might be on those March days. Yep, exactly. Glass half full. Brent, any other uh, fan questions we need to get to? I think that's really it. I don't think we have anything else. All right. Hey, Luke, anything else you want to uh, hit on? Um, I suppose, yeah. Um, just one question, Bryn. I've been hoping to run into you on campus uh, for the last couple months because um, I can't, I, you know, going back to TV shows, have you watched any Shits Creek? No. Okay. Oh, you're missing out. Should I binge it? Yes. That one's also good. And if not, if you don't think it's good, that's that's fine. But um, have you had anyone come up and tell you that you look like a character named Alexis Rose? No. <laughs> no? Mike, back me up on this. I, you, I can see it. I would have never thought about it, but now that you ask, I can see it. Like put a put a like a fashionable hippie hat on Bryn, you know, and okay, I gotta look up and make her act like super vapid, and I think you could pull off like a really good Alexis Rose. I will say you are significantly more intelligent than Alexis Rose. hundred percent. No, I've never. I've I've had people tell me I look like certain people, but not her. Okay, give it a give it a watch. <laughs> like, like you gotta get like three seasons. You gotta get at least two seasons deep because, like, season one, like that's like offensive. Yeah, well, well, that'll be episode two of Brandon and Bros. We'll talk about Shit's Creek. Can can my brother be part of that, uh, Brandon and the Bros? Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> New podcast. I like it. I like it. I like <laughs> it. Um, hey, Brent, really quickly before we wrap up, do you want to talk a little bit about what uh, what we're thinking for the next, uh, well, for the for the quarantine time? Yeah. So, uh, of course, a lot of us Grizz fans were and sports fans were were thinking about it. We're all in our homes. We're thinking about how much we miss sports. How much we miss all sorts of things, and so. Uh, Mike, Luke, and I were texting a little bit about doing, making this a continual thing, calling it the Grizz Fan Pod Happy Hour. So our plan is, in the near future, to try to release 
weekly content as best as possible or, or bi-weekly content where we do get-togethers. Uh, this Zoom conference has allowed us to set things up like this where we can have members of the athletic department like Bryn or maybe former players or um, fans in general where we can have just kind of a session where we have a few drinks, we talk to sports, we, we, we have a little bit of fun, and we put it on the podcast because I think most Grizz fans, just like us, you're, you're thinking about what's ahead of you, you're missing sports, and you're kind of wanting to talk about it. So this is a plan that we're looking at moving forward where we can continue to talk sports as best as possible. And hopefully we got brighter days in front of us and it's something that we can bring more of our listeners in and have a couple more guests on and have fun like we did tonight. Yeah. So on that note, um, to our, to our listeners, if you have a suggestion, either a, a Grizz fan that's got a fun story that might kind of be fun to sit and chat about and hear about, um, cool experiences and, or just, you know, a Grizz fan that you kind of have enjoyed uh, interacting with on Twitter, tweet at us, let us know. And, uh, we're, we're going to find content. We've got no sports to talk about. So we're going we're gonna to get to know each other a little bit more. Luke's got a big smile. He's looking forward to this. This is right up Luke's alley. I'm just happy. Yeah, happy hours, two drink minimum. Um, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bryn, we really appreciate you taking the time uh, to, to join us. Uh, um, you know, it's, it, it just gives us such credibility. So... <laughs> I don't know. I might lose my job after this, but I'm happy to be here, guys. Uh, if you lose your job, we will start a very, very active Twitter campaign. So uh, I think we're okay, good there. Great. I think we're good. Okay. All Let's right, get this guys. Get the and Bros thing going. <laughs> we'll find a way to There's monetize that. There's a whole lot that. of money on it. Yeah, whole lot of okay. money in, in podcast ad- advertising. You'll notice we have none. So... <laughs> We tried that in year one. We didn't like it. Um, Brent, anything else from you? I'm good. Luke, anything else from you? I'm good, man. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. If we know you, we'll talk sooner. If not, we'll see you next time. Go Grizz. Bye, Dom. Bye, Dom. Bye, Dom.